0: The draft, America's largest selling brand for washing silk, nylon, woolens, dishes, presents the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The name of Bad Riley's boyfriend, Simon Vanderhopper, affects Chester Riley in the same way that a lighted match affects a firecracker. Riley has just heard that Simon plans to drop in tonight, so the firecracker is beginning to sputter.
1: Thanks. didn't I tell you that good for nothing Simon can't come in this house till he gets a job?
2: But he's got a job. He sells novelties. Uh,
1: some job. I've seen those novelties. Fake gardenias to stick in your lapel and they squirt water.
2: Oh! Huh. Is that what he's selling?
1: But oh, gosh, only a moron would buy junk like that. Junior's right. Besides that, Simon is a crook. The one I bought from him don't work. <laughs>
2: until
1: something better comes along. Puppy rush. Oh, relax, Ryan. Oh, that's easy for you to say, Peg. You're not a father. Oh. Oh, Danny, what have
2: you got against Simon
1: anyway? I don't trust him. He's up to no good. He wants to marry you. <laughs> Me marry Simon? Oh,
3: that's ridiculous.
2: Simon and I are merely platonic friends.
1: Yeah, uh, that's what I thought I was when I ran around with your mother. But she didn't want to be friends. She wanted to be married. <laughs> If that's so? Well, if Okay, you... let Simon come here tonight, but I'm going out. Where? Over to Maxie's Billiard Academy. Riley. Right.
2: <laughs> I've asked you a dozen times
1: not to hang around that pool room. Hank, that's a very high-class joint. I just won't have it.
2: Now promise me that you won't go into that pool room again. And if you break your word, I'll. I'll.
1: you leave me? Yes. Yes, that's what I'll do. <laughs> You're kidding me. Leave me? A husband with my personality? <laughs> My look, (laughs) The kind of salary I make every... Okay, I will not shoot pool. I'll sit here and have my evening ruined by that sofa loafer. Oh, stop
2: picking on Simon. Maybe all the poor boy needs is some intelligent advice.
1: Well, he'll never get it from me. (laughs) I'm not going to waste my time on that gardenia squirt. Well,
2: maybe you could help him a little. You know, put him on the right track. He admires us. So much, Daddy.
1: He's always raving about your personality. He's raving, eh? Well, that's only natural. I'm lovable. <laughs> you can make
2: something out of that boy, Riley. He respects your opinion. He
1: does, eh? You know that Simon's got a lot of stuff on the board. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've always been so fond of him. Oh, that's Simon now. Good. Come in, Simon, darling.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bad, sweetheart. Gee, Bad, your voice is changed. So, oh, Oh, well, Mr. I- Riley. That was Daddy who said, come in. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize.
1: The only thing he ever says to me is, get out. Oh, well, that was the old Simon I was talking to. And we're burying him tonight. (laughs) Huh? I'm thrilled you dropped in, Simon, my boy. Are you hungry? Oh, yes, sir. I'm starving. Well, we already ate dinner, but let me offer you a piece of advice. (laughs) Simon, you've got to get a good job. Oh, gee. I'd like to, but how? Well, I'm going to get you a job. Now leave everything to me. I'll dig around in my brain and come up with something concrete. <laughs> oh, boy, that's terrific, Mr. Riley.
3: Junior, hand me the evening paper. Here,
1: Pop.
4: Oh, I see. Oh, here's some what ads? Badly. Well, they're
1: going through the ads.
2: We'll finish the dishes, Okay, mother. Oh, here's
1: a good job, Simon. Oh, well, read it, Mr.
2: Riley. Read it.
1: Young man wanted. Must be alert, ambitious, and intelligent. Well, let's try another one. <laughs> Men wanted to sell insurance, big income, great future, no experience necessary. Call Mr. Harris, manager, Paramount Mutual Accident and Life Woodley two two one zero. Oh boy, that sounds great. You think I can get the job? Uh, Maybe if we go about it right. Business is all a matter of what connections you got. Uh, I wonder how we can get to this, Mr. Harris. Oh, uh,
4: Bob, why don't you, Melly
1: Junior? Now, if I knew the president of this insurance firm, I could get him to put pressure on Harris.
4: Yeah, but Bob, all we have to do hey, is Junior. That-
1: now, if I knew someone who knew the president, I could get him to call the president and ask him to order Harris to hire you. This Harris is as stubborn as a mule. Well, I'll
2: give you the Junior, order. if you
1: interrupt once okay. more.
2: Okay.
1: Hey, I got it, Simon. Yes, yes. I once knew a fella, Joe Kaplan, in Philadelphia, who has a cousin who's a big insurance man in the Panama Canal Zone. Hello, Mr. Harris, please. Now, if I could only get Kaplan in Philadelphia to put pressure on his cousin. Of course. And then, Kaplan's cousin in the Panama Canal Zone could write the president in Paragon and ask him to put pressure on Harris in Hollywood. Then you've got the job. Yes,
2: sir. Oh, thank
1: you, sir. That's it. Junior, get away from that phone. I got to call Kaplan in Philadelphia.
2: Wait, Pop. I just called Mr. Harris. He says Simon's got a job and he starts
1: tomorrow. He does?
2: (laughs)
4: Oh, gee.
1: Thanks, Mr. Riley. You put it over. (laughs) Forget it, Simon. I I was glad to do it. You, Gillis, come on in. Yeah, I saw your lights were still on. How's about a little gin rummy, Riley? Okay, but you owe me $210,000 from last night, Gillis.
3: Well, you was very
1: lucky you won both
3: games. (laughs)
1: Hey, Riley, what's that red circle on the calendar there, May 28th? Somebody having a birthday yesterday? Oh, uh, no. No, that's because yesterday was a big day. I finally got rid of that past Simon. Yeah, what would he do, a with your daughter? No, no, I got the little dope of job selling insurance. He'll be so busy getting thrown out of people's houses, he won't have time to come around here to be thrown out. You get it?
5: Smart, Riley.
4: Smart.
1: <laughs> well, steal the cards. Yes, sir. I feel lucky tonight.
4: <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Riley.
1: My luck has changed. <laughs> Simon, what are you... Th- why aren't
4: you working? Oh, I am working. But I need your advice. I'm very busy, Simon. Oh, please, Mr. Riley. Can't you spare me a few pearls of wisdom? Oh. Well, if it's pearls you want, I'm your oyster. Shoot, Simon. Well, there's a certain prospect I want to sell an accident policy to. Only I'm afraid to ask him.
3: Well, now, Simon, in
4: my opinion. Why should you be afraid?
1: Don't he need protection?
4: Yeah. Yeah, Gillis is right. Don't he need protection? Oh, yes. He's got a wife and two children. And no accident insurance.
1: Well, you come to the right man for advice. Riley's got two kids, too. And no insurance either. Uh, Not a dime's worth. I know. Simon. And this prospect that you got owes it to his family to buy protection. That's right, he owes it to him. After all, how much can this insurance cost? Yeah, how much can it cost?
4: Only $12 a year. This is the policy right here. Only
1: $12? Hit, that's a bargain. Why, it's a steal. A guy with a family be selfish to turn down a policy like this. Selfish? He'd be a monster. Simon, you ask this guy right away. Sure, Simon. Why, if it was me, I'd sign in a minute. Here's a pen. Where do I sign? On the dotted line. <laughs> Chester A. Radish. There. Wait a minute. Give me back my <laughs> signature. Hey, what's the matter, Riley? You look petite. Still sore because Simon stuck you with that insurance policy? No, nah, it was worth $12 to get rid of that pest. But uh, last night I had a little argument with the missus. Yeah, uh, wives is all alike. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what was it about? Ah, no, she found out I've been dropping into the pool room again on my way home from work. Just like a woman. Begrudging a hard-waking man a little athletics. Uh, that's what I said. But Peg wanted me to promise on my word of honor as a gentleman that I wouldn't shoot pool again. So what'd you do? Well, what could I do? I'm always willing to make my wife happy, so I promised. Well, eight ball in the side pocket. Hey, good shot. Listen, Gillis. If Peg finds out I was here, I'm so She's got a temper. Why, she's liable to leave me and go home to her mother. Oh, don't worry. I won't snitch. I wish my wife would go home to her mother. And take her mother with her. Nine ball in the corner pocket. Hey, you'll never make it from that angle. You couldn't reach that ball if you had a 12-foot cue. Uh, don't worry. Watch me. Hey, uh, Riley, you're climbing up on a table. Who's climbing? I just got my left knee up. Yeah, but your right foot's in the pocket. <laughs> That's okay. I know what I'm doing. Now. Now. Oh, my ankle. Oh. Now you have done it. Here, let me help you. Hey, hey, what's the matter here? Ah, the clock fell off of the table. Help me get him up, Maxie. Okay. Yeah. Now drag him to that chair. Oh! Oh! oh. Maxie, hold it. Good. <laughs> what's the matter, Riley? My foot! Well, what about it? It's still in the pocket. Oh, my ankle. Oh, my
2: Riley, what happened? How did you get hurt, Pop? I couldn't get a word out of Gillis. He just dumped you on the porch and ran away.
1: Well, Peggy, it was this way. Gillis and me were... Uh
2: Uh-oh. I always told you to be careful of the plant.
1: The plant? But it happened when I... I I was trying to... I climbed up on the... I I got my foot... Oh, you're right. I knew that plant would get me into trouble.
2: Oh, gee, your foot's swollen, Daddy.
1: Yeah, take off my shoe, Junior. Well,
2: I'll have to cut your shoelace. No,
1: don't cut them. Those shoelaces cost money. Oh, well, don't stand there. Do something. Get some hot water. Yes, Daddy. Get the iodine. I'll get it. What a tragedy. I'll be laid up for a week. They'll dock my salary.
2: But don't worry. You got an accident policy.
1: That's right. Simon insured me. Well, don't stand there. They're getting the iodine. Never mind the iodine. Get me the policy. And call up Simon. Tell him to bring the money. Here's the iodine, Pop. Uh, Paint my foot. Uh, Take a brush.
2: But I can't untie this leg. Well, cut it off.
1: Don't worry, I'm insured. (laughs) Cut the shoe off, too. And if you have to, cut the pants leg. Okay. Oh, uh, Pop, you'll have to move your other leg. It's in the way. I'm insured. Don't move
2: it. Cut it off. (laughs)
4: I ran over as soon as I got your call, Mr. Riley. Did you bring the money? Well, no. First, you have to file a claim. But don't worry. My company will pay you every cent this accident cost you. Now, you see you worried over nothing.
1: Uh, well, here's a list of my expenses, Simon. Comes to uh,
4: $136. $136? For just a sprained ankle? Well, oh,
1: sure. I got it all itemized. One week's salary when I'm laid up. One pair of shoes I had to cut off. One pair of pants. Iodine, adhesive tape, hot water. Taxi fare, $12. $12? $12? I'm a big tipper.
2: Now, wait a minute, Ryan. Hey, it's my ankle.
1: Oh. Okay,
4: leave it in. Our company gives every claim, small or large, the most serious consideration. Now, just sign here. There
1: you are.
4: Fine. Well, i better get out of the office. Hmm. Oh, uh, by the way, there's just one little detail. Where did this accident occur?
1: Well,
4: oh, in my ankle.
2: <laughs> no, I mean what place?
1: You, you have to know that?
2: Of course he does. It happened at the plant, Simon.
1: Well, uh, the, the fact is that. Oh,
2: at the plant? Yeah. Well, that's different. I get double? No, you don't get anything at all.
4: Simon, what are you saying? According to this policy, the company does not have to pay any damages for accidents that occur at work. But I, I was. But Here that's. Here it is, in black and white, clause 397. Read it yourself. Let me see. Right there. Here, use my magnifying glass.
1: The company is not liable for. Uh...
4: Oh, but you've got nothing to worry about, Mr. Riley. Your plant has a policy covering all employees. Well, that's right. Yeah, but you see, I didn't. I happen to know about it because my company insures your plant. So I'll just file this claim you sign under the plant policy.
1: Oh
2: no no no! You wasn't. Why not? You were hurting the plant,
4: weren't you? No. I mean yes. I mean. Relax, Mr. Riley. As soon as I file this claim, you're gonna get
2: everything that's coming
1: to you. <laughs> What a revolting development this is!
0: Perhaps we'll bring you the second act, the life of Riley, in a moment. Meantime, this is Ken Carpenter. You know Riley; he's always trying to get out of work, so no wonder he's glad Peg joined the march to draft. <laughs> your dishes and know how they shine. Shine without wiping in half of the time and look right Right. Now don't you get left, get dressed. Yes, get draft and no need for friend husband to wipe the dishes. Draft makes dishes shine even without wiping. Glassware sparkles like jewels, polished or not. Millions of women are now enjoying this wonderful, faster method of dishwashing. They've discovered that because Draft leaves no soap film to be polished off, Dishes, glasses, pots and pans, everything comes shining clean, towel or no towel. That's not all. Dreft makes unpleasant dishpan grease seem to disappear like magic. There's no greasy film on your hands. Dreft's kind to hands, too. So first thing Monday, get Dreft. The Miracle Sud's backed by the Procter & Gamble name on every package. Don't get left, get Dreft. (laughs) And now, back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as
2: Riley. Oh, what's the matter, dear? Does your ankle hurt?
1: Well, no, no, Peg, why?
2: Well, you've got a look of agony on your face.
1: Uh, I'm thinking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Daddy, stop worrying about that insurance. Simon phoned a little while ago and said he'd be over.
1: Simon, is is coming here? Uh, I'm going for a walk. Hand me my crutches.
2: You stay and wait for him. He probably has a check with him. I I don't want the money. You don't? What are you talking about? Uh, Why be greedy?
1: I don't want to take advantage of the poor little insurance company.
2: Poor. Daddy, that company's got at least ten million dollars. Your claim is only 136.
1: Well, I I, I hate to annoy their bookkeeper. <laughs>
3: Riley, when
2: you fell, did you land on your hand? I never heard of the such... Oh, that must be Simon. Hello, folks. Hi, you, bad Hello. Well, Mr. Riley, congratulations
1: are in You brought my check?
4: No, I got a raise, thanks to you. Old oh, things are popping. Everybody down at the insurance company is talking about you. Mad? Mad? They love you. They could kiss you. Here, have a cigar. Compliments of the manager, Mr. Harris. But, Simon, I don't understand. What happened? Well, I filed that claim that Mr. Riley signed as an industrial accident. But it turned out that his boss, Mr. Stevenson, didn't report it when it happened. He didn't? No. And that means that the policy covering the plant is subject to immediate cancellation.
2: Well, that's good, huh? (laughs) Yes, sir.
4: That's just what my company wants. They're losing a fortune on this deal with Stevenson, and now they can get out of it. All on account of my little ankle. <laughs> yes, sir. My company's got your boss in the worst jam he's ever been in. Thanks to you. <laughs> oh, it was nothing. I saw Stevenson this morning. Why, Stevenson was screaming and yelling, trying to find out why the accident wasn't reported. He's phoning up people left and right and
3: firing
2: them. <laughs> Riley,
1: it's Mr. Stevenson. I don't want to talk to him. Tell him we ain't got a phone. Oh. <laughs> You've got to talk to him. Uh, hello, boss. What's new? <laughs> but but boss, I but I but my ankle I Okay, goodbye. He he, he wants me there right away.
2: But what did he say about your ankle?
1: He he said to bring my crutches. When he gets through with me, I'm going to need them. (laughs) Oh, life is very confusing. Yesterday I had a job. Today maybe I'll be fired. Who knows what'll happen tomorrow.
5: Going my way. Who's that? It is I. Dick B. O'Dell, the Friendly Undertaker. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. You're looking fat. You look horrible. I got this here sprained ankle, and I bought a policy, and... A policy? I, uh... Oh, that's a coincidence. I'm on the board of the UELIS. UELIS? The Undertaker's and Embalmers Life Insurance Society.
3: <laughs>
5: we have only one policy. We cover you completely.
1: On account of this accident, my boss is mad at me. I I shouldn't have said it happened at the plant. Well, didn't it? No, it was in a pool room. And if my wife hears about that, I'll never get straightened out.
5: Yes, you will in time. (laughs) But first, go to your boss. Tell him the truth. You mean you want me to dig my own grave? That'll never happen while I'm around. (laughs) Now do as I say. Pronto. I guess you're right,
1: Digger. Honest, I'm so mixed up. If if I was a drinking man, I, I'd go drown my troubles.
5: Perish the thought. The curse of John Barleycorn can be disastrous. Take the case of my friend, D.T. McVicker, <laughs> whose epitaph reads, Here lies McVicker, a lover of liquor, who said to himself, Our drink, shun. So he drank up a cask. What happened? Don't ask. Now he's this month's man of extinction. Well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off.
1: You listen to me, Stevenson. And you listen to me, Harris. I repeat, Stevenson, when that Riley accident was not reported, it was a clear violation. And my company has a legal right to cancel your factory's group insurance. You'll never get away with it, Harris. Let me tell you that... Yes, Willie? Mrs.
2: Riley,
1: to see you. Mrs. Riley? All right, send her in. Harris, would you mind waiting in the next office? Very well. Come in.
2: Oh, uh, Mr. Stevenson, I... Mrs. I Riley,
1: where's your husband?
2: Well, he was afraid to come,
1: so I thought if I could What do you mean, afraid to come? I've got to find out why this accident wasn't reported properly. No one knows anything about it. I'm beginning to doubt it never happened here.
2: Oh, no, it happened here, all right. Riley told me he wouldn't lie.
5: And I'm hey. sunk. They'll cancel. When I find out who's responsible... I... Yes?
2: Mr. Riley is here to see you.
1: Send him in. <laughs> I want to see your husband alone. Please wait in the next office. Oh, certainly. Come in. Hello, boss. What's new? <laughs> you blithering idiot. Do you realize all the trouble you're causing? But, boss, the accident... This is the last accident you'll have in this plant. You're fired. But, boss, the accident didn't happen here. It happened in a pool room. That's no excuse. You were...
5: Did you say pool Well,
1: yeah. I haven't had an accident in the plant since three years ago when I got my head caught in the time clock. <laughs> Why, Why Raleigh, that's that's wonderful. I am going to give you a raise for this. A raise? Gee, thanks, boss. Uh, now step in here with me and tell Mr. Harris about the pool. Oh, sure. Harris, uh, here's Raleigh. Go on, Raleigh. Tell him where the accident happened. Well, sure, it happened in the... Oh, hold on, Peg. It happened in the... (laughs) Peg! What are you doing? Go on, go on, Riley. Tell Harris where it happened. In the plant. Where? In the pool room. Where? In the plant. What? The pool room. The plant, the plant. Riley, you're fired. Do I still get my raise? (laughs) Get out of here. No. No, wait, boss. I'll confess. It happened in the pool room. The pool room? Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Peg, but that's the truth. Well, well, Harris, try and cancel now. Just a minute, Stevenson. You don't expect me to believe the testimony of this, uh, this... Idiot? Oh, then you're not mad at me, Peg. <laughs> you're gonna have to prove this, Stevenson. But that's where it happened, I swear. I. Mr. Stevenson, the new rivets we got... Oh, excuse Gillis. me. Gillis, Gillis, tell him. Tell him where I sprained my ankle. You were there. You witnessed the accident? Saw the whole thing. Then where did it happen, Gillis? Why, it happened in...
5: Oh, hello, Mrs. Riley.
1: It happened... <laughs> Mrs. Riley! It happened in the plants! Oh, help me! But Gillis shows you! Oh, he's lying. He's trying to protect me from my wife. I can prove it happened in the pool room. Come with me. Give me one more chance before you hang me.
5: Hey, Maxie. Yeah, Joe? Look out the window. Look who's coming here.
4: Hey, that's Riley with two guys.
5: Yeah, they look like detectives. And that lady with them looks like a clothes man.
4: (laughs) say, I don't like this. I don't want no trouble. Joe, anything I say, you back me
3: up.
1: Okay, boss. Ah, this is the place. Hello, Joe. Hello, Maxie. Maxie, this is Mr. Stevenson. Hiya. Hiya. This is Mr. Harris. Hiya. And this is Mrs. Riley. Hiya. Well, that settles everything. Except one thing. What's that? Who are you? (laughs) What? You mean you don't know this man? Never saw him before in my life. Maxie, it's me, Riley. I was shooting pool. Remember? I sprained this ankle. I never saw your ankle before.
0: Well... Come along, Harris. You win. As for you, Riley... No,
1: wait. Honest, it happened right here, right at this table. The number nine ball was over here. But I couldn't reach it, so I got up on a table like this, and then I made the shot like this. See, got oh, my ankle! <laughs> Riley, dear, are you hurt? I sprained my good ankle. So that's how... <laughs> so that's how it happened. Well, Stevenson, I guess Riley was telling the truth. Let's forget about the matter. Oh, my poor ankles.
2: Well, I'm sorry about your ankles, dear. But maybe this will be a lesson to you. Never tell lies to your wife.
1: You're right, Duncan. That's a lesson for all married men. If they tell lies, they'll wind up like me. Without a leg to stand on.
0: Turn in a moment. But first, a word to all the lovely June brides to be. To help keep your trousseau looking fresh and pretty as the day you're married, always use Draft. It's the world's finest care for silks, nylons, woolens. Yes, Draft your nylons, and they'll stay sheer and lovely as new. Draft that pretty new sweater, too, and come out softer and fluffier than with even expensive soap flakes. And your filmy lingerie. Draft will keep the colors bright and sparkling, washing after washing. You see, Draft leaves no sticky deposit in fabrics the way soaps do. Draft suds, rinse, clear. So for brighter, fresher, safer cleaning for your nice things, join the march to draft. Don't get left, get draft.
2: Riley, why did you let matters go so far? Why didn't you say from the very beginning it happened in the pool room?
1: Well, I I was afraid maybe you'd leave me.
2: Oh, Riley, you ought to know I'd never leave you. You ought to know why, too.
1: You couldn't find an apartment? <laughs>
2: you big goose, because I love
1: you. Oh, Dublin.
2: <laughs> I never knew
1: you cared.
0: and Gamble, makers of dress, the miracle for soaps, my woolens, dishes, invites you to meet our guests next week near the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix can currently be seen in the Paramount Picture Calcutta. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker and is directed by Don Bernard. Music by Lou Coslove. The script was written by Alan Lipscott, Robin
3: Schiff, and Jack Brecker.